and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers next verse and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles next verse pay attention and all that believed were together they were together and had all things common together had all things common in one place one accord they continued those are key words look at the next verse and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need next verse verse 46 and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart they continued okay in the temple and from house to house in the temple and from house to house please pay attention that means one way to know you are born again is that you are in the assembly because the moment people got born again they were brought into the assembly the moment people got born again that's how the church started in the book of acts people got born again and they were brought into the assembly they got born again they were brought into the assembly nobody got born again and was left in isolation they were brought into the assembly so one way to know people who are born again when people are truly born of god they want to be in the family they want to be in the assembly they want to be in the location where god wants them to i strongly believe that there's a divine purpose for this conference for this meeting even as we begin this year 2023 you know every human being is a product of meetings every one of us myself inclusive i'm a product of meetings i can tell you specific landmark spiritual experiences that have happened in my life over the years which meetings at what point in time where the meetings held at what moment in the meeting certain things shifted in my life i am a product of meetings i cannot emphasize enough the necessity and the importance of taking meetings very serious don't forget what i said in the beginning the local church is god's wisdom god's device of carrying out his mandate upon the face of the earth god has no other way of reaching the earth outside of the local church there's no other way outside of the local church because the local church is god's instrument on the earth for the fulfillment of his divine plan for the fulfillment of his divine purpose for the fulfillment of his divine agenda the local church and that's why the place of the local church cannot cannot be emphasized enough it's very critical that we belong to the local church the local church is god's wisdom can somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah. now in matthew chapter 16 tonight i want to examine the call to ministry the call to ministry as a ministry we have a call of god upon us as power city and as individuals there's a call of god upon your life and i want to examine that very critically tonight matthew chapter 16 verse number 13 to 19 matthew 16 from verse 13 when jesus came into the coast of Caesarea philippi he asked his disciples saying who do men say that i the son of man am next verse 
And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. Next verse. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Next verse. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou Simon but John, for flesh and blood hath not revealed. If your Bible was mine, I will underline the word revealed. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. But my father, which is in heaven. Observe the question. Who do men say that I the son of man? Not that I the son of God. That I the son of man am. It would have been easy to say Joseph and Mary's son. There's no rocket science in that kind of question. You're the son of Joseph and Mary. But from the way he asked it, they knew that he wasn't asking about Joseph and Mary. They knew it was something out of that. That's why they say, you're Elias, prophet. Jeremiah, prophet. Or if we didn't get the specific prophet, one of the prophets. Because they knew that that question had nothing to do with you know, not, the natural. It, it was something more serious than the natural. Who do men say that I the son of man, not that I the son of God. That's why I said, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you. But my father, which is in heaven, my father, which is in heaven, he introduces a new reality, son of man. Not my father, which is in Nazareth, son of man, but my father, which is in heaven. Pay attention to the next verse, verse number 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Not I will build the church. Not the church, my church. Which means the church is not a coinage of Jesus. He didn't say I will build the church. There were churches in existence before he made this statement. But he says I will build my own church. I will build my own. There are other churches. But I'm about to build my own church. And the gates of Hades, hell, shall not prevail against it. Next verse. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In this scripture we just read, Jesus says, Upon this rock he will build his church upon this rock. The Greek word for church is the word ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ecclesia. That's the Greek word for the church, derived from two Greek words, ek, E-K, and kaleo, K-A-L-E-O, ek and kaleo. The word E-K, ek, means out, ek, out, while the word kaleo means to call, kaleo. To call. Ek out. Kalio to call. It has to do with summoning someone. To summon. To call. To summon someone. So when he says, I will build my church. He is referring to those whom he has called. I will build my church. Is in reference to those whom he has called. 
The question now will be, how did he call them? How did he call them? Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 16. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 16. Brother Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus opens up another dimension to us. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Here Paul is praying a prayer. The reason why you pray is because it's beyond you. The reason why you pray is because it's beyond you. And it cannot be done by you. That's why you pray. Because it's beyond you and cannot be done by you. I cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. I cease not to give thanks. One of the ways to deal with entitled mentality is to be in a culture of thanksgiving. That's one of the ways to deal with the mentality of feeling entitled. To have a culture or develop a culture of thanksgiving or giving of thanks. In the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, Brother Paul was praying for the church in Colossae. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Yeah, I think we're trying to sort out some unholy noise. <laughs> so he says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks unto the Father. Cease not to give thanks for you. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and these saints are in light we are partakers of the inheritance of the saints and these saints are in light which means you can't partake of the inheritance if you're not in light we are partakers a partaker is one that has a part in something of the inheritance you don't work for an inheritance Okay, you don't work for an inheritance. You just receive inheritance. Partakers of the inheritance of the saints and those saints are in light. The saints in light. Next verse. Giving thanks to the Father who had delivered us who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of Somebody shall thank you, Jesus. I am out of darkness into the light. Giving thanks unto the Father. So, thanksgiving is one of the cures to an entitlement mentality. Giving thanks to the Father who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We give thanks for the forgiveness of sins. Which means that inheritance of the sins in light is the forgiveness of sins. 
I mean, what blessing is greater than the forgiveness of sins? Hallelujah. Somebody showed me my sins are forgiven eternally in Christ Jesus. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse number 17. We are dealing with thanksgiving. Brother Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you. In First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse number 17. He says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Next verse. Verse 18. In everything give thanks. Not for everything. You don't give thanks for everything. You don't give thanks for breaking your leg. You don't give thanks for not having food to eat. Mm -mm. But you give thanks in. Why are you giving thanks in? Because you know you'll be out. So giving thanks in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, hold on. Hold on. Because if you don't pay attention, you will think he is asking you to give thanks because everything that happens is the will of God. No, that's not what he's saying. thanks. Why are you giving thanks? You will come out. So you are giving thanks because you know you are not going to be there for too long. You know there will be a divine intervention. You know there will be a divine orchestration of God. Circumstances and situations are going to shift things. And you are not going to be there for too long. So you give thanks. Giving of thanks Brother Kenneth Hagin said is the highest expression of faith. Giving of thanks is the highest expression of faith. When your faith is at its peak, what comes out of it is thanksgiving. Giving thanks to the Father. Glory to God. This is the will of God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. We're dealing with thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4 verse number 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know who is writing this letter? He's in prison. The guy is in prison and he's telling people that are not in prison. Rejoice. You didn't get the joke. This guy is in prison. And he has enough rejoicing to encourage those that are not in prison to rejoice. Again, I say rejoice glory to god next verse look at verse five he now says in verse five let your moderation be known unto all men the lord is at hand next verse verse number six now be careful for nothing so the next time somebody tells you be careful tell him thank you no sir be careful for nothing be careful for nothing but in everything glory to god by prayer and supplication with. So your prayer is incomplete without thanksgiving. 
with thanksgiving. You know why thanksgiving? Because you know he hears you always. And if he hears you always, you know that you have your desired petition. So since you already know, you know, not you feel, you know, so you give thanks. Are we in the building? Okay. You give thanks. Let your requests, along with thanksgiving, because you know the request will be taken care of it. Let your requests be made known unto God. Next verse. Now look at the resultant effect and the peace of God. Every time you lose peace, you need to pray. It's a call for prayer. Not prayer for anything specifically. Just pray. Prayer builds up confidence. Prayer builds up confidence in you and drives away fear and uncertainties. It drives away fear. It drives away uncertainties. And prayer takes away worry. Okay? Prayer of faith. It says, and the peace of God, if you really pray with thanksgiving, the resultant effect will be the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Because you are in peace. When everybody thinks you should be distressed, you are in peace. So it beats their imagination. They can't understand why you can be in peace with the circumstances that are obvious around your life. But it is as a result of prayer. So it's not natural peace. It's supernatural peace. It's peace that passes all understanding. And it will come when you pray with thanksgiving. Glory to God. I say glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. Somebody's prayer just got answered and somebody's prayer just manifested. I said, glory to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds. Your mind from being unstable, from being worrisome, from losing sleep. It will keep your heart. It will keep your minds through Christ Jesus. You know, one of the sins of perilous times is unthankfulness. So people are going to be unthankful. That's why Brother Paul begins that prayer with, I cease not to give thanks for you. I cease not. So thanksgiving is the believer's lifestyle. We give thanks all the time. All the time in everything. You know, the outstanding miracle of Jesus' ministry, two of them came with thanksgiving. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Thanksgiving, Father, I thank you. Lazarus, comfort. The, bread, the multiplication of bread and fishes. Father, I thank you that you hear me all the bam. And, you know, multiplication. Okay? We must learn to give thanks always. You know, Ephesians now, chapter 1, verse 16. I'm still on the journey. You know the way I travel, all right? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Next verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in. If your Bible was mine, I will circle the in. In. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul is saying, I'm praying for you that the father of glory now I'm going to do a syntax correction in that verse but before I do that move to verse 18 <clears throat> verse number 18 that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of 
His. His. H-I-S. The hope of His calling. The hope of His calling. And what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the glory, the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. So Paul is praying. I love brother Paul's prayers. He's praying for you that your eyes be enlightened. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom. And I said it's a syntax problem. God doesn't give you another spirit outside salvation. God doesn't give you another spirit outside salvation. The spirit of God is given to you at the point of salvation. If you remember when I did the Soteria series, I said God gives his spirit to sinners. God gives his spirit. The gift of God to a sinner is his spirit. <laughs> That's what bonds you again. When we say you are born again, it's the spirit of God that gave birth to you. And he gives birth to you from sinner to a righteous person. So at what point does he give his spirit? He gives it to you as a sinner. He doesn't give his spirit to righteous people. Uh -uh. He gives his spirit to sinners. Because who needs the spirit of God? The sinners. So that the spirit of God can move him from sin to righteousness. So the spirit of God is God's gift to a sinner. Now, so when he says God will give to you the spirit of wisdom, it's a syntax problem because God doesn't give you the spirit after salvation. So now pay attention. So what it's supposed to be there is that God will grant you wisdom. That God will grant you wisdom and the and there is TKS. The TKS rule of Bible interpretation. Which means it's capulating. Okay? Okay? Or explanatory. Or further explanation. So, the spirit of wisdom, which is revelation. The spirit of wisdom, which is revelation. Or the revelation of the spirit. Or wisdom, which is the revelation of the spirit. That God will grant you wisdom which is the revelation of the spirit. Did you get that? That God will grant you what? Wisdom. What is wisdom? The revelation of the spirit. So when we say you have the wisdom of God, what are we saying in essence? You have the revelation of the spirit. Now that's very important. So the prayer is not for God to give you the spirit of wisdom. No, it's for God to grant you wisdom you already have it in you. So what God does is to grant you access. The access into that wisdom is the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's your access into that wisdom. Please pay attention. This is very important. That's your access into that wisdom. Because you are already sealed with that Holy Spirit. You already sealed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. You're already sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth. 
the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You were already sealed. So God wouldn't be giving you another spirit. He has already sealed you with that Holy Spirit of promise. Look at the next verse. I love the next verse. Verse 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance. King James calls it the down payment. Yeah, the deposit. The divine deposit. So the moment you receive Christ, God put a deposit on you. A deposit announcing you are his property. Glory to God. The redemption until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So God can be giving you another spirit. You're already sealed by his spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. Hallelujah. Blessed with all. How many blessings? All. So God can be giving you more blessings. You're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. But now Paul is praying that you are granted access to what is already in you. You are granted access. And you will understand the importance of this in a few minutes. You are granted access to what is already in you. So prayer is the most effective way of exercising your spiritual authority. You exercise your spiritual authority most effectively in prayer. Prayer is the device, the medium for exercising spiritual authority. That's where you exercise your authority as a child of God in the place of prayer. <clears throat> so prayer is praying that you receive wisdom which is inside. You receive wisdom which is inside. Wisdom which is inside which contains solution which contains direction which contains instructions which contains the google map to all that god will have you do pastor Fuller was driving beautifully this afternoon when he got me from the airport and he was using the gps and then he said to me, I'm putting a GPS so I know where there's traffic. So the GPS has the ability to tell you where there's traffic. Avoid that. Move this way. Go this way. And this is how much time it will take you, take you to get there. Now, revelation knowledge is the spiritual GPS of your life. When you are Miguelene Mosaka. So you see why it was such a vital prayer that that's how brother Paul began the book of Ephesians. Wisdom, which is revelation. Insight. Huh. When you lack that, you'll be born again and operating like an unbeliever. Yes. There'll be no difference. But you're born again. But your lifestyle and your lifestyle will be the same. All of you will struggle the same struggle and tell the same woes and stories and lamentations. It's not that you're not born again. You're born again. Everything that you require to operate in victory is inside you. But you're blind and deaf to what you carry. 
wisdom wisdom which is revelation of the spirit revelation of the spirit stay with me which means something is open to you revelation apocalypsis to unveil to open something it's like suddenly you just see something oh it's like you just woke up to an awareness oh oh it's like you've been struggling with stuff and then suddenly you stop oh this is what to do that that awakening is revelation It's revelation. Insight. Wisdom. Revelation of the spirit. You know, that's what happened to the guys on the way to Emmaus. They were discussing about the event of the past three days. And they were discussing about Jesus. And Jesus is walking among them. And they are rebuking him. Are you a stranger? Are you a stranger? See, when you lack revelation knowledge, you behave like a dummy. A classical dummy. It's not an insult. It's just a description. I mean, these guys are rebuking the person they're looking for. What can be more dumb than that? <laughs> are you a stranger? Have you not heard about Jesus, a good guy that was killed the other day? And Jesus is smiling on his inside. Then they began to express their expectations. We thought he was the one that was going to restore political power. We thought he was going to make Israel relevant. We thought he was going to take away the tyranny of Herod and all the oppressors. We thought, and now this is the third day. He said he was going to die and rise. And to make matters worse, the women that went to the tomb said they couldn't even find his body. There also some guys who told them the guy is no more here. And Jesus turned to them and said, oh fools. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Imagine yourself in that audience. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now observe, that teaching is going on. Luke 24 verse 30. Put it up. Watch this. Luke chapter 24 verse number 30. Thank you, Lord. Luke 24, verse number 30. And it came to pass as he sat with me. Now, you know the story. They got to a point where Jesus wanted to walk away. And they said, no, 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 no. Please don't go. We're enjoying this teaching. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> We're enjoying. You know, Bible study can be so exciting when you have revelation knowledge. Yeah. Say, oh, no, 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 no. I remember sometimes I've had Bible study with some people. And I want to go. And they're like, no, 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 no. We want more, we want more. There was a day, particularly I did nine hours of teaching without thinking. There was a day I did actually 15 hours of teaching. Non-stop. They won't let me go. No, no, no. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Can we do a few more minutes? Then they will open up something and then I will go, I will do exegesis, exegesis, exegesis and they're excited. Then I want to wrap up. They will say, one more thing. So we kept going, we kept going. Nobody got tired. I wasn't tired. They were not tired. We were just having fun. It was a rapturable moment because in revelation knowledge, you get raptured. Your body gets suspended and you operate in a realm where you forget time. 
after hours when you realize you are, whoa you mean it yeah that's what revelation knowledge does so that's what must have been happening so now jesus wants to go they insist he must stay with them a little longer and it came to pass as he sat at me to them he took bread and blessed it and broke and gave to them so now they're having dinner they're having an evening meal this is not communion this is just breaking of bread which is like love feast next verse and their eyes were opened And they knew. Take note of the word knew. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know. The enlightenment is to bring that knowing. That intimate knowledge. Now, they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. So you know what happened? It's like they've been with him all the while. Then suddenly, ah! And he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Remember this after resurrection. So he's in immortality. And in immortality, you can appear and disappear. You can walk through walls. You can walk through humans. Because there's no more matter. So the moment, but, but you have a form. You have a structure. You're not structureless. You're not like jelly. Mm-mm. You have a structure. You have a form. You have bones. You have everything. You look like a real normal human being. The only thing is that you are not material. So he could sit. He could talk to them. And there was nothing strange about him because he was exactly like all of them were. Then now their eyes are opened. Bam! And they're going, they're going like, hey! And he's gone. Henceforth, no we, no man. He's gone. Now, Revelation knowledge. Their eyes are open. Bam! They knew. So revelation brings you to knowledge. Not head knowledge, but revealed knowledge. Okay. Head knowledge is mental ascent. Head knowledge is mental ascent. That's why you, <laughs> Ambassador, you know sometimes. Coordinators ask me, why is it that Papa, some people come into our campus and they don't last? But they look like they understand what you're teaching. When we advise them to teach, they teach it. But one little thing, they are gone. They had head knowledge. They didn't have revelation knowledge. People with revelation knowledge never live no matter what. And I'm going to show you why. Don't be fooled by head knowledge. Many people carry head knowledge around. But head knowledge... It's not revealed knowledge. Two kinds of knowledge. Head knowledge and revealed knowledge. They are not the same. We may all be saying the same thing and sounding alike, but we're not operating from the same platforms. (laughs) Stay with me. Now, I love this. They were with Jesus, but didn't know. The moment revelation came, they knew. He vanished, but he changed nothing. In revelation knowledge, you don't need feelings. Whether you feel or not, you know. You don't need to touch. You don't need to feel. You just know. Yeah, you just know. In revelation knowledge, it's not by sight. You just know. Now, pay attention to something else I want to show you here. The book of Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 3, tells us, 
Second Peter chapter 1 verse number 3. Are you in the building tonight? Chapter 1 verse 3. According as his divine power has 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 given has given unto us all things has given all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge revelation through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue so you've been given all things say with me i have all things He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ. You have the riches of his inheritance. You have all of the riches of his inheritance. All of it. Right now. You have the exceeding greatness of his power. Everything that is called power in the realm of God is in you right now. You don't need more power. More love. Mm -mm. More power. Mm -mm. The exceeding greatness of his Bible scholars agree all over the world that that verse of scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 is where you have a concentration of adjectives that describe God's power highest. The exceeding greatness of his power. Which he wrought in Christ. According to the working of his mighty power. Did you get the adjectives? Exceeding greatness of his power. Mighty working of his power which he wrought in Christ look at the concentration of power that raised Jesus from the dead somebody humorously said to me if there was going to be an overthrow of God was on the day of resurrection because on that day all that all the power that makes him God he released all to raise Jesus from the dead All of it. And watch this. At the moment you got born again. Is all of that same power. That got you saved. And not just got you saved. Resides in you. It came in. Rose you from the dead. And took up residence inside you. So when a believer said. Oh God give me more power. God is like. Where is it coming from? This guy is 2,500 years behind time. Where is it coming from? <laughs> you have all of the treasures, all of the riches, all of the power, and you have all things that pertain to life and godliness right now on your inside. But the prayer is that that you may know Pay attention. That you may know. You know, Elisha had an encounter with Gehazi. Second Kings chapter 6 verse 17. The mountain was surrounded with armies that came to take them out. 
And Gehazi was flabbergasted. He was blown off. He was scared. Scared to, to I mean, scared to his bones. Second Kings, chapter 6, verse 17. Second Kings, chapter 6, verse 17. And Elisha prayed. That's the origin of the prayer for revelation knowledge. Brother Paul got it from here. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I prayed, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Question, was it when he saw that the chariots were there or were they there before he saw? So you always have help before you see. The only reason why you don't know that the help has been there all the while is because you were not seeing. You always have solution. You always have answers. You always have, you live with them all the time. But why can't I see the eyes of your understanding? Teaching good tonight. When he saw the chariots of fire, he was no more moved. I'm sorry, he said, Master, let them bring it on. <laughs> there are more with us than they that be with them. Glory to God. And you know, there's always more with you. Always more. Glory to God. David prayed and said, Open my eyes. That I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Revelation knowledge. Now, Ephesians 1.18 again. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his, his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Next verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now hold on. Which means the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. It means to cause light to shine. The word apodexis to flash light on the surface. You know, you're looking for something in the dark. You can grope all over the room. You can even dance around it and not know it's there. And move far away from it. And come back and go around it. And move far away from it. But once there's light, once light flashes on it. You know exactly where it is. So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened is the light of the spirit. The spirit of God in you is the spirit of light. So when the spirit of God in you shines on the surface of direction, solution, answers, 
suddenly you just know exactly what to do. You just know what God wants you to do. You just know where God wants you to do it. You just know what to do. And that's where you win. You lose in darkness. You win in light. You lose. Every battle you lose is in darkness. You win in light. For he that walketh in the light has no occasion of stumbling. You stumble in the dark. So, house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light. Let's walk in the light. Let's live in the light. Now, not just to flash light on the surface, but to cause the light to shine so you begin to see objects clearly. That's the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. To bring education or to bring awareness. Don't forget how we started. It can only happen by prayer. You remember? Okay. Enlightenment doesn't come by teaching. Enlightenment doesn't come by teaching. Enlightenment comes by prayer. Because the teaching needs the prayer to get the people enlightened. The teaching needs the prayer to get the people enlightened. That's why sometimes you hear people say, Dr. Damina, how do you read your Bible? I've been reading the same Bible. I never saw that until you said it. What happened was, I said it powered by prayer. So you saw it. So, you can't be a Bible teacher if you don't have a prayer life. Otherwise, you'll just be a lecturer. It's the power prayer that makes the few things you say have impact on people beyond explanation. It's called revelation. I told you the story where I was preaching and pastors were coming out to the pulpit where I was preaching and dropping their Bibles. So I wondered why they were dropping their Bibles. After a while, I said, no, but Bible's on the pulpit, on the floor. I didn't know what was going on. I just went, kept on preaching. Well, in my mind, I was just like, maybe they're dropping offering or something, but what, why will you drop your Bible as an offering? So after the service, we were on our way to the hotel, and I was asking Pastor Philemon, who was my PA, and he was sitting among the pastors. And he said to me, I said, hey, those Bibles they were dropping, what was it about? He said, they, they said among themselves, how could we have been carrying these Bibles all this year? I never saw what Dr. Damina is saying tonight. This Bible is useless. So the first person took his own, dropped it. The second person followed. So all of them dropped their Bibles. It's not the Bible that was useless. The eyes of their understanding was not enlightened until that day. Their power, backed by sound explanation of scripture, brought the light. It brought the light. It brought the light. That's why we cease not to pray for you. Because that prayer will bring you to a place of enlightenment. A place of revelation. Where we teach and mm, you, it, it just goes. Because your eyes are open. Keep that somewhere. So, which means 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened is fundamental. Very fundamental. Because you can have lots of information without revelation. Now watch this. No revelation, no conviction. No conviction. So that's why somebody can be in our campus excitedly following the revelations of Dr. Damira. After a short while, he's gone. You wonder what happened to him? No conviction because there was no revelation. There was only head knowledge. See, but he quotes this. If you hear him do exegesis, is that exegesis? That's no exegesis. He's just copy and paste. He doesn't even understand what he's saying. No light. He's quoting scriptures in darkness. No insight. He's actually advanced CRK. CRK means Christian religious knowledge. They teach that in Nigerian schools. I don't know about in the UK. Conviction, persuasion is battered by revelation. Revelation births conviction. Revelation births persuasion. When you see somebody who says a man of God has been called to ministry, suddenly he leaves ministry. He was never persuaded. Meaning everything he taught was without revelation. You can't come by revelation to a place of persuasion and abandon ministry. Where will you go? Where will you go? It's like this is the GPS of your life. Okay? The navigation says this is where you're going. Then you say, no, I won't go like that. No. Then it means you yourself, you're not a serious person. Revelation knowledge opens up the blueprint of God for your life. The intent, what God had in mind for you before you were born. With all the provisions and all that you require to fulfill it. So now, revelation knowledge helps you to move from one point to another and stay the course till you finish the assignment. But when you see a man abandon the course, he was not persuaded. Why was he not persuaded? No revelation. I'm teaching good tonight. No revelation. Don't forget again, revelation comes by prayer, backing the teaching of God's word. That's why we don't pray with prayer in Power City. We don't. Every day we spend hours praying. Corporately we pray for an hour, minimum. But it doesn't end there. We pray through the day. Corporately on Saturdays we pray three hours. On Sundays before every service we blast for a while. We live praying. Why? It burns revelation. Why? It produces conviction. Conviction that won't let go. Conviction that will not lose. You must win. That conviction, that force inside that won't let you go comes by revelation. Battered by prayer. Teaching good? Stay with me. So, you can have people full of knowledge, but little revelation. Little insight into what they are saying. Ephesians 1.18 again. We're going to be around this for the whole of this weekend, I think. 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. Because see, when you understand what I'm teaching and you must start praying this prayer, you can pray it for hours without ending. Because you know exactly what you're praying about. What is the hope of his, 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 his calling? That you may know. What is the hope? Now the word hope there is key. Hope is not a wish. The word hope is not a wish. There are two Greek words for it. Elpis and elpizo. Elpis, E-L-P-I-S. And elpizo, E-L-P-I-Z-O. It means to be given an expectation in the Greek. It's like a journey where you are set on a course. Hope. Expectation. Like a journey where you are set on a course. That's actually that word hope in the, in the original, in the Greek. It's like when you go to a school... And you are given a curriculum of studies. Okay. What a curriculum does to a student. Is to give you hope. A course. That you are going to chart. Okay. A course you are going to follow. So prayer. Makes me know. What the journey of God for my life is. Prayer makes me know what the journey of God for my life is. Yeah. You know, you ask a typical Christian a question like, why are you saved? He says, because I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hellfire. <laughs> Why don't you want to go to hell? Why? Supposing you go. Why? Was Jesus not there? <laughs> Jesus was there. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're still there with me. So, what's the big deal? Now, religious minds can't handle that. <laughs> so, so, let's keep that within us. <laughs> Before they take a big stone and throw at me. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what was the big deal about hell? I've told you in church. The day a child of God walks into hell, he turns it into heaven. We're not afraid of those kind of things. That was the big deal about it. Anyway. A typical Christian will say, I'm born again because I don't want to go to hellfire. So his Christian life is all about making heaven, making heaven. I want to make heaven. So if what you want to make is heaven, why didn't you die immediately you got born again? You have just died. I mean, what? what, what? You want to eat some burgers? <laughs> is that what you want to eat tomorrow? Is that why you're alive? Well, if that's why you're alive, then you have the worst reason to be alive. And I can tell you, you'll be depressed in a short while. You'll be very depressed. Very, very depressed. So depressed that depression medication cannot help you. The pills won't work for you at all. You'll be so depressed that even depression will be afraid of you. 
If all you're living for is to eat, you have the worst reason for living. <laughs> or maybe that is some Nando's. <laughs> One more day to eat Nando's. <laughs> but hey, you know, there are many people who are born again who have not answered that question. Why do you want to live one more day in your life? Can't you see it's just beyond not going to hell? Can't you see it's beyond just going to heaven? Why are you born again? What's the hope of this calling? What's the hope of it? What's the journey that you embarked upon? What's the journey? The hope of his calling. The word LPs or LPs. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope. Hope. Expectation. The word hope implies expectation. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. He said you are begotten again unto a lively hope by the resurrection from the dead. Oh, I love that one. To a lively hope. Lively expectation. Something that is ahead of you. It gives you hope. It's ex- including, you know, expected time of arrival. When Pastor Fuller said to me today, I'm just using the navigation system so we just know what time we'll get there. And then the, the, the lady or the guy, whoever was talking, is that your car, bro? <laughs> that babe, that was your car. She now said, <laughs> we'll get there one hour, four minutes. I'm like, oh, glory to God. <laughs> but you know what happened after. <laughs> but she gave us hope. I was like, man, this is going to be a brief journey. Glory to God. I, I feel good. And then Pastor Fuller started going around the same. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? This babe was not exact, man. She doesn't have exact knowledge. She lacks epignosis of this journey. Oh, false hope. <laughs> Anyways, we're here. <laughs> But we needed the hope to begin the journey <laughs> and to gain some strength for the journey. But, but you know, this kind of hope that comes by revelation knowledge is exact, precise, accurate. That by by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, you know exactly how long it will take. You know when you will get there. You know how you will get there. You will know the resources available for you. You have all of that in its exactness. So you go through life with joy. When turbulent times come, you know what will be the end of it. Challenges come, you just know they are temporal. No, you are not deterred from the journey. Yeah, and nothing distracts you from your focus. Because you are seeing the GPS right before your face. You can see the end of that journey. Revelation knowledge. The greatest gift God gave to man. Revelation knowledge. Revealed knowledge. Blessed art thou, Simon Bajon. For flesh and blood has not revealed apocalypsis, unveiled. But my father, that's why you pray, which is in heaven. And I build my church on a collection of people that have acquired revelation. 
it's not the crowd that makes the church it is the individuals in that assembly that have revelation their combination is the strength of the church i'm teaching good here so jesus builds his church on people that have come to a place of revelation knowledge The rock of revelation is the rock on which the church is built. The church is built on the rock of revelation. And you know what the rock of revelation is. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, him shall I liken to a man who built his house on a rock. And the wind, the storm, the rain descended, and the house was still standing. Yeah, because it's built on revealed persuasion, conviction by the Spirit. Teaching good. Built, established, grounded, rooted. Nothing moves you. Revelation knowledge. You know, when you pray for people by the Spirit, you create the right journey for them. To embark on. That's why impartation is very important. You don't play with impartation. When we lay hands on you and we speak in tongues, we are charting the course for your life. We are creating for you the journey. Prayer helps to create the journey. Revelation opens you up to know how to go about the journey. Am I teaching? Yeah. That's why we don't play. That's why Paul begins chapter 1 of Ephesians. I cease not to pray. When you hear I cease not, it means this is all I've been praying about. Continually. Make him mention. He was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. That was his church. I pray for citizens every day of my life. All power city members all over the world. In every nation. Those that are present and those that are yet coming. I pray daily. That you will know the hope of his calling. The word hope is expectation. Okay, That you may know the expectation of his calling. Of his summoning. You need to know why he summoned you. Uh When he summoned you. He has an expectation of you. He didn't just call you. There's an expectation he has. For calling you. The hope of his calling. Not your own calling. Is his calling. He called you. And he has a hope for calling you. So Paul prayed that you will know the hope of his calling. Why did he summon me? Now, please stay with me because I want to I want to quickly deal with something here before I begin. Are you blessed tonight? Okay, now. See, anyone whose journey in the faith begins and ends with making heaven has never prayed this prayer. Doesn't even know about this prayer. He needs this prayer seriously. 
like yesterday. <laughs> Paul is saying, <laughs> we can't pray this kind of prayer for you and you are a floor member. Sir, what do you do in the church? I'm just a floor member. <laughs> you need that prayer since day before yesterday. Are you committed in church? No, I, I'm, I'm just one of the I'm just one of the members. What? What? <laughs> you need this prayer with fasting. <laughs> I'm, I'm just what? No, I just go to the church every Sunday because I like the way Doctor Damina teaches. <laughs> you need this prayer <laughs> with dry fasting. <laughs> Yeah, because, hey, there's a hope. There's a confident expectation of God for you. Mm-mm. First of all, you know that God doesn't want to take you out of this world. Do you know that? Jesus prayed, he said, Father, I prayed. I pray not that you take them out, but that you keep them in this world. Not this passage, so I can say it. There's nowhere in the Bible. Jesus never taught it. Paul never taught it. No apostle taught it that when you die, you go to heaven. You know your Bible. If you find it, show me. Even from the Old Testament. (laughs) If you find it, show me. It's not there. So the question is. <laughs> Where did they get it from? <laughs> no, no, no. There's somebody said, So we're we not going to go to heaven. <laughs> oh, sure. You're already there. You're already there. Glory to God. I'm enjoying myself. I don't know about you. <laughs> Praise God. Paul is saying, I'm praying that you will know the course that you are set on by God. That you will know the details of God's will. That you have the complete picture of God's plan for your life. That you will come to a place of awareness of God's purpose for your entire existence. It takes revelation knowledge by the spirit to birth conviction. That's critical. Birthing conviction is critical. Supposed to be cold, but I'm sweating. When you're bringing out revelation knowledge. (laughs) Even in the the snow, you will sweat. (laughs) Yeah. It takes it to birth revelation knowledge. I mean revelation knowledge. Prayer to birth revelation knowledge. And revelation knowledge to birth conviction. And at that point you don't go again to the elementary things. That's why Paul said my little children of whom I travel in birth again. That means I traveled before. You got born again you are packing head knowledge. Head knowledge without conviction. So I'm traveling again for revelation knowledge. Which produces the formation of Christ until Christ be formed 
in you. See, I, I travel. I'm in prayer for you. Because that level of insight that sets the course of your life comes by prayer. I travel again. When you see somebody busy with the things of this world, does not have time for church, he needs that prayer like, like last year. And their excuses are legitimate. Yeah, they, everything they're saying is so you can even excuse them on behalf of God. But you're not doing them a favor. You're not helping them. Because everything they're chasing ends here. In eternity, they'll be ashamed before the Lord Jesus. I don't want to be ashamed before the Lord Jesus. I don't want to be. This life is so transient. Sometimes you think you have all of it. You really don't have all of it. They just told me a young man in our church passed two weeks ago. I didn't even know he had passed. A young one of, one of, one, one of, one of the guys I was raising up to be a pastor. And then he became too busy. He became too busy. We'll come to church and we'll find him. So I removed him from pastoring. I told him, you know what? Go and finish everything you're doing. Then when you are ready, come back. You'll be a pastor. But for now, we have removed pastoring. I remove it. Go. You are a brother. You're not a pastor. I rem- don't even feel responsible. I have removed it. Be happy. Enjoy Christ. He became too busy. Chasing contracts. Chasing money. Chasing money. Sometimes he's not in church for four weeks. Eight weeks is not in church. Early this year, I called the guy who coordinates the, the college of pastors in our church. And I said, I've not seen this guy. Look for him and find out why he's not been around. He said, okay, I'll come back to you with a report, Papa. The report came back to me. He died. He just woke up. After doing one contract where he made money and slumped on top of the money. Who will use the money? Now he's going to face God in eternity. Without scratching the plan of God for his life. Without scratching. This life is brief. Eternity is forever. You need to think. We don't have all the time, friends. We don't. Mm -mm. We don't have all the time. That's why this prayer is so important. And it's not for fear. It's just so that you can have fulfillment in life. Because you're not fulfilled until you begin to walk in the course that God has charted for you. You're not fulfilled. You think you are. When you're fulfilled, you will know you are not fulfilled. Revelation knowledge. When you have true conviction by revelation, you don't back down. You discover God's plan for your life by revelation, not by Twitter. Not by Google. If you like Google everything on Google, you won't find the plan of God for your life on Google. And you won't find it on Twitter. Even Google don't know the plan of God for his life. If there's a person called Google. (laughs) The scientific discoveries are human contributions to humans and it ends here. It has no eternal reward. You are not rewarded for discovering electricity. The reward is the money they pay you on earth. The only reward you will have with Jesus is for the advancement of his kingdom. That is what he builds. I will build my church, my ecclesia, my mission, my mission center. By my wisdom, I will set up 
an army of people through whom I will fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of my presence as the water covers the sea. Soul winning and evangelism. That's the only thing God is doing on the earth. I told them in Nigeria, all this Nigerian politics, God is not in it. God is not in it. There's, God is not in any political structure in any country, including Israel. God is not in it. God is only in his church. God is only in his church, walking through his church to save the world from sin. That's the only place you, you find God. And the voice of God is only heard in his church. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I can give you exegesis. You know, I don't make careless statements, right? I can give you exegesis upon exegesis on that. From scriptures. From scriptures. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Not Twitter, not Google. Not dictionary, not encyclopedia. The eyes, he said, on the strength of that, you will have stability and consistency. When the eyes of your understanding becomes enlightened, you know, and in knowledge you are stable. In knowledge you are consistent. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Never walk the Christian life by strong will. Never walk the Christian life by strong will. The Christian life is a function of spiritual, supernatural discovery. The function of supernatural discovery. I close with 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. <clears throat> Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. Tomorrow we'll be here, man. We'll have some serious time here tomorrow. You can tell, right? I'm very intentional. You can see, right? We're going to have a brutal time here tomorrow. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man. The things which God had prepared for them that love him. Next verse. But God hath revealed them. Revealed. What is revealed? Revelation. Revealed them to us. How? By the spirit. So the revelation is a spiritual stuff. Okay. By the spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea. The deep things of God concerning your life. All of God's plan. All of God's purpose. All of God's intent. Revealed by his spirit. Next verse. Watch this. Next verse. For what man knoweth. The eyes of your understanding. Be enlightened that you may know. For what man knoweth. The things of a man. Save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So the revelation has to be by who? The Spirit of God. He reveals it for you to know. Now look at the next verse. You will like this. Now we have received. Woo! We have received. Somebody shout, I have received. Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So they are already given to us, but we need to know. And how do we know? By the spirit. What is that called? Revelation or wisdom or insight.
And that comes by prayer. It comes by prayer. We have received. We are not going to receive. That we might know. The things. Oh, there are things. Freely given to us. But we need to know. Look at same Ephesians chapter 3 verse 3. <clears throat> Let me close this service, man. Before it will turn to 5 a.m. And I'll go like, whoa, Pastor Fuller, what happened to us? <laughs> we were raptured. <laughs> now, how that by revelation, by what? He made known. So how do I know by revelation? Where does the revelation come from? The spirit. Which vehicle brought revelation? Prayer. 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 How that by revelation? He made known unto me the mystery as I wrote in few words. Whereby when you read next verse, you may understand my knowledge. Where? In the mystery of Christ. The greatest gift God gives to man is revelation knowledge. Christianity without revelation knowledge is religious exercise. Yeah, you're in religion. Revelation knowledge is what makes a difference. That's why when you begin to come into revelation knowledge, you begin to have mental conflict. Because what religion taught you cannot measure with what the spirit will teach you. So now you start having seeming contradictions that gradually fades away and you get established in the truth. Where nobody can deceive you. You become fully persuaded. You have sharp discernment. Sharp discernment. You begin to walk in the light. You are not confused. You have clarity. You just know exactly what to do. You are precise and exact about what God will have you do. But listen, it is not your calling. It is his calling. So if you are a medical doctor, that's not the calling we are talking about. If you are an architecture, that's not the calling we are talking about. You are a business person. That's not the calling. The hope of his calling. So tomorrow we will open up what is this call. I will get into details. It's going to be a glorious weekend. Glory to God. We'll be here in the morning. The morning is going to be exclusive. I don't even want them to stream it because of some very heavy stuff I'm going to be dropping here. We're not going to stream tomorrow. So those of you online who are power citizens who want to be part of tomorrow morning, you better reach out to your coordinator, campus coordinator. They'll give you a Zoom link. You can only follow tomorrow morning via Zoom. Tomorrow night we will stream. But tomorrow morning, you can't come into this meeting. Except you're physically here. Where the Lord has commanded. <laughs> or, <laughs> or by Zoom. Otherwise, you won't find us. Will be lost. <laughs> Glory to God. Say with me, there's a plan of God for my life. God has a purpose. God has a will for my life. I refuse to stay in the dark. 
I receive the light, revelation, the eyes of my understanding, enlightened. Can we pray for a few seconds tonight? Let's pray together, everybody, for a few seconds. Membro do zoka lada babash. Le gro do zobre ne ketele ne mosoka. Egebo jekele ne babra gadaba zoka lada babra gadoso bere ketina kele ne mosodia. Babra gadaba zoka lada babra gadaso kala da babosh. I like you to hold somebody. Let's, let's pray for one another. Grab somebody. Let's pray together for each other tonight. Pray for your neighbor tonight. Let's stand in faith tonight and pray for one another. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Pray for your neighbor. Revelation knowledge. Insight. God's wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. Access into the wisdom of God. Access into revelation. Le groto sokalada babra gadaso kelene mamboro kotuna kalana mahata. Pray, pray, pray for your neighbor tonight. Pray together tonight. Let's pray for one another tonight. Le bro sakala namaga. Le grodo zobrena kankelene mosho kalada babra gadaso perketina kalana mamama. Let's pray. Let's pray together for one another. La granda zokolada babra gadoso kolada bosha le graga dozo bereketina kalana mamambe le brodo zokolada barakatina kakara na mana katona kelina mamaya I like you to lay hands on your head and pray for yourself I receive revelation knowledge I receive insight the eyes of my understanding be enlightened be enlightened my eyes be illuminated. My mind be illuminated by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God, I receive the insight of the Spirit to know the thing that are freely given to me, to know the plan, to know the purpose. Yes, Lord, the hope of your calling, the hope of your calling. The eyes of my understanding be enlightened. By the Spirit of God, I access the plan. By the Spirit of God, I access the purpose. By the Spirit of God, I access the will. By the Spirit of God, I access the intent. By the Spirit of God, I access, I access the deep things of God. I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive. I receive insight, I receive wisdom, I receive revelation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and give him thanks. Begin to praise him. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him by faith and begin to receive. Receive, 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 receive. Thank him by faith and receive, 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 receive. Le grodo shekala na bambra gadabo zokolo na bobra gadale ne mosotolo na momosekele ne baya. Receive, receive, receive. Receive, I receive, we receive. 
Access, access into the deep things of God. Revelation knowledge, illumination by the Spirit. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. We receive. We receive in the name of Jesus. We receive access, insight, wisdom, inside out information. Thank you, Father. And by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, we navigate through this life, fulfilling the mandate of God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Go ahead and let's celebrate God's word tonight. Let's celebrate. Let's rejoice tonight. Glory! Whoa! Glory to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? Let's honor God's word tonight as we give. Grab your offerings. Let's give and honor the word. Let's honor Christ. And I'm sure Pastor Fuller will give us all the rest of the announcements. Pastor Fuller, are you the one or ambassador who is giving us the announcement? <laughs> okay, Pastor Fuller. Hallelujah. Alright, Father, we give in faith. And we give intentionally tonight and deliberately tonight in honor of your word. Thank you for the privilege to honor you with our resources. You said any house you go into, if the house be worthy, let your blessing remain there. So tonight we release our sense of worth through our giving to honor your word. And the blessing abides. Thank you, Father. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel in the name of Jesus. Needs met supernaturally. Barriers terminated. Crooked paths meet straight in the name of Jesus. Where you need miracles, receive miracles supernatural miracles favor in the name of Jesus thank you for opportunities thank you Lord for grace and we rejoice tonight that we receive by faith and we give you praise for answered prayer in Jesus precious name and every believer says a powerful amen Amen. glory to God what a blessing tonight what a blessing tonight Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Fuller will do the rest of the job tonight, but I saw Neon. That's Neon, right? Neon is in this place tonight. Good to see you, man. All right, I hand you over to the able hands and competent hands of Pastor Fuller. Glory to God. Are you blessed tonight? Wow. And we're going to have a Friday, Saturday, 